Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh is the Word podcast, the podcast about music, pro wrestling, and MMA. I am your host, Kay Fresh. Like always, we have a great show for you this week. But before we get into it, just like to remind you how you can support the podcast, you can always go to freshisthepodcast.com and just uh, click on any links on the website and share them on any of your social media sites. That would be great. There's also a link at the top of the page that says support the podcast, where there's a PayPal link you can donate to. There's also an Amazon link on that page that you can use anytime you want to make any purchases on Amazon. And they'll shoot back some commission our way. doesn't change anything on your end. Also, you can follow Fresh is the Word on Twitter and Instagram at Fresh is the Word 1. That's Fresh is the Word, then the number 1. And on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fresh is the Podcast. Just give it a like. And uh, you can leave some comments on uh, our Facebook page if you'd like. And also, if you want to subscribe to Fresh is the Word, we're on all sorts of different platforms. Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, um, um, Mixcloud, SoundCloud. Just go to any of those and, and uh, put in Fresh is the Word, and it'll come up. You can subscribe to it. You can also give us a rating, hopefully five stars, and leave a comment. That would definitely help out the show. Now, onto the show. This week's guest is guitarist from the Florida-based rock group Newfound Glory, Chad Gilbert. You know, Chad's a big MMA fan, so we talked a lot about you know a lot of the stuff that he likes. He likes a lot of the old school stuff, so we got into that. Then we also talked about the band's history, uh, coming out of Florida, all the sort of struggles with doing that, which were also kind of pluses in his book. And they're currently on a 20 years of pop punk tour. So we just kind of get down to, you know, the history of the band and what made them so relevant and, you know, how they're able to stick around after, uh, you know, after 20 years in the game. 
So uh, and then afterwards, I'll be joined with my co-host V Styles to talk about what was going on in the world of MMA and pro wrestling. And then we also talk about something sad that's happened in the world of hip hop: the passing of Prodigy from the rap group Mob Deep. That that one really hit hard. So we 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 talk for a while about the the music and the life of Prodigy. So let's get to the show with my interview with Chad Gilbert of Newfound Glory. Uh, thanks for taking the time out to uh, chat with me. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for wanting to chat with me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, I hear that you're uh, a big yeah. MMA fan. Yes, I am, actually. I love, uh, I love that stuff. Cool, cool. Yeah, before we get into That's the funny. MMA stuff, uh, I definitely want to talk about some music stuff uh, on regards to new album and whatnot. Um, Right now, it's been uh, you know it's been twenty years that Newfound Glory has been around, um, and you guys are doing the twenty years of pop punk tour. When you look back at those early years of starting the band, you know what really pops out, you know, because I know you were doing the Shy Halud uh, band back then, and I remember that band, you know, I remember hearing about that band at that time. But you know what really sticks out um, awesome. those original those uh, early years of starting the band. Um, what sticks out, um. You know, I think a big thing that set us apart <clears throat> from every, from, you know, that I would say that, that at the time seemed like a disadvantage, but actually worked to our, to work to our advantage is that we grew up in this little suburb, um, uh, in Florida, <clears throat> in South Florida called Coral Springs. And if you're a band from South Florida, like if you leave the state on tour, they just leave your own state. It's a huge deal. You know, you're like, in Coal Springs, it takes 12 hours just to get to another state. Right. You know, where, like, you, you're a band in the Northeast or a band in California, you can drive. You know, there's all these different scenes built around you. We're, like, our scene and then 12 hours to get to another one. Oh, you know, so right. I think what we did was we weren't really affected by, you know, anything else in the sense that, you know, the Internet didn't exist. There was no social media. There was no websites and AI, you know, AIM hasn't even been really start yet, you know, and it's like, so we just, you know, we were able to sort of figure things out on our own. You know, we all were in high school. Um, we knew we liked, we knew we liked West Coast punk, but we also liked New York hardcore and we also liked all these things. So without being affected by <clears throat> what anyone else thought, because there wasn't anyone else, <laughs> we were able to really sort of make, you know, make our own sort of version of of our you know write our own style which eventually became what it did um so i really think that the difference with us was just sort of being in a place where you know you, you had to sort of figure it out you know right so um by the time we we had sort of this uh work ethic and i don't want to say work ethic but i'd say we had this drive that i think a lot of bands didn't have built in yet because like I said, it, it, it took a lot of, it took a lot of work to get your name out just in your hometown, yeah. you know? So I think by the time we did our first tour, we were like, this is amazing. There's actually, you know, I remember one of our first shows in New Jersey was bigger than our biggest shows in Florida because the scene there was so small, but the scene in New Jersey was so big, Yeah, you know? So like, you know, once we got out of Florida, we were like, it was such like, you know, icing on a cake, you know, we are, we were already like, we did it <laughs> as opposed to like, we're getting started. You know what I mean? Right. 
So, yeah, I don't know if that, you know. So I think that that was a, a big part of, you know, I just remember, you know, just like the first time we left Florida and it just being like such a big deal. And, and even everyone else, you know, we're like, now it's it's not a big deal because you can communicate more with people in other scenes and other states and things. But back then, you didn't you didn't really know what was out there. You know, it's like right. You know what I mean? It's like driving in this no man's land. You just had your like huge map on your dashboard, and you're like, I think I could figure out how to get there through these. Be like, <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> and when you, you know. When you look back, you know, arguably you guys, Newfound Glory and like Blink-182, you know, laid the blueprint for this pop punk style that's still around today. You know, how do you feel about that? You know, how does it feel to be a part of something that was so influential? Um, it's really cool, man. I think I think it's really interesting. It's funny, too, about getting lumped in, you know, now with the Blink stuff, because when we first started, we weren't. Right. We weren't that, you know, like. Blink was like a really big punk band, and the only bands we toured with were back then. It was New Sun Glory, The Get Up Kids, Save the Day, High Vault. Um, that was like our world, you know. Like we we didn't really play with punk bands, and I remember the first time we played with like punk punk bands. We were more in the post hardcore world, you know. It would be right. like we play with Bane, Get Up Kids, um, you know. And I remember when we first started playing punk shows. I remember we toured with uh, well, Real Big Fish, and I remember the fans not getting it and, like, throwing change at us and throwing <laughs> stuff at us. And I think the first punk tour we ever did was Less Than Jake. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we opened for Less Than Jake, and it was New Fun Glory, The Impossibles, and Less Than Jake. And I remember we, like, it was cool because we knew that, like, that was the scene that would probably like us the most. But the cool thing about New Fun at the time is we just sort of had it's such a big, young age, we sort of, we sort of never really fit anywhere back then, you know, like, we we're a little bit too punk for, like, the Get Up Kids shows, but then we were a little bit too, like, emotional, hardcore, indie thing for, like, the punk shows, you know? Right. Which was so cool for us, because we'd, we'd be able to play Less Than Jake and steal some fans <laughs> that were like, oh, I like this, yeah. never heard of this before, and then we were able to tour Get Up Kids and be like, I like this, I never really, you know... So it was awesome being able to to really sort of stand out, you know, in, in a different way um, and sort of not really fit in anywhere. And, and because of that, we were really able to build, like, a loyal fan base. Um, and, you know, it's really cool being considered, you know, like you said, with Blink being considered an influential band because, to be honest, that was it. You know, that was the goal was we never... You know, and, and people will say, like, oh, whatever, you had to, like, worry about money and stuff. Or, like, want to be successful so you could. But to be honest with you, that was such a long shot, you never even considered it. Like I said, like, growing up in South Florida, yeah, you were going on tour just to, like, leave the state and have something to do. You weren't going on tour because you were, you thought one day you would make money. Like, that was such a... Like I said, leaving the state was such a long shot, let alone getting paid to play was, like, crazy. So because I think the foundation of our band never was um, making, you know, making money, when we hear that sort of, like, our career has led people to start their own careers or, you know, influence a lot of people, it's awesome. Like, that's the biggest... For us, that's, like, the biggest sign of success, you know, because 
as you know in life, like you, money, no matter how much money you make or how much no money you make, or you know, how, little or a lot, whatever you do, it's there's always a problem. So it doesn't really <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Right. What matters is like, I think like, you know, how you can impact the people around you positively, and we've been able to do that. So it's that's very uh, you feel very successful, you know, in that sense. Right. Newfound Glory was always sort of, um, you know, like you were saying, you guys never really fit in completely with any sort of, uh, you know, other bands or scene or circuit or whatever. But you guys were always sort of that, like, under-the-radar big band that really had a solid fan base. You know, does it amaze you that your fans stuck with it all these years and have grown with you guys? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I thought we would lose them all when we started getting played on TRL. You know, like, I got a retired... I have a TRL retired clock where TRL played us 47 weeks in a row or 46 weeks or something crazy, you know, like, right. and we were on the countdown for that long, you know, and, you know, being up there with Britney Spears and playing these, like, New Year's shows in Vegas and being on Fox and, you know, I was like, well, I'm like, I was like we're going to ride this out and it's fun, but, you know, I remember being a 15-year-old kid that you know, hated anything successful. I was like, yeah, I'm sure these people are going to leave at some point because it's like oversaturation and all that stuff. And, um, it never happened, you know, for us, you know, we, we've, I'm sure we've lost some on along the way, but they've all eventually come back because we, we keep, we will keep doing what we're doing. You know, we'll, whether we're playing, whether no one shows up or 5,000 people show up, you know, whether it's a 20-year tour or a normal tour, like, we'll, we'll, we'll be there playing, you know, because that's, that's what we love. We live to write songs. We live to play shows. It's, it's such a fun thing for us to do. It's, you know, self-expression, and, and it's our career. You know, we're not going to give up our career just because someone else might not like it anymore. So, but, yeah, to answer your question, it's, it's, it's insane that they stuck around because – most people don't have fans that stick around, especially with the this success we had in in the early two thousands. You know, right? And um, and they they have, and it's still growing. You know, it's it's crazy the amount of people that have seen us. We're on the twenty year tour, and a lot of people it's their first time seeing us. You know, yeah, which is awesome. It's crazy. <laughs> How old were you guys when you started this band? Um, let's see. We started in ninety seven. I was born eighty one, so what was I? I was sixteen. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, I didn't graduate high school. I was um, we got signed to Drive Through Records when I was a sophomore in high school, and then we got picked up by MCA when I was supposed to be a senior. And I it was the summer of my it was the summer of my junior year of high school, and we had a bunch of tours, like big tours, being offered to us and the label and blah 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 and all that stuff that went on with getting signed. And I, um, the, the tour that we got offered to do was going to extend into next year's school year. So I had to pretty much make the decision there. If, I, if I'm going to, you know, the band has to tour, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I just left. I talked to my mom about it and she talked to my counselor in school and the whole thing. And, uh, they let, they let me leave. 
So I, I still don't have my GED, but I swear, I swore to my mom I would, I would get it. So <laughs> at some point, I got to find some internet classes and find out what. Because I only need four. I only needed like literally four credits. Right. Yeah. I think you can do that online these days. Yeah. You should be able to just do that online. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. Okay, you guys are you know twenty years in the game now with this band. You know, what was the mood of the band going into the recording of this new album? Makes me sick when trying to uh, figure out what you wanted to do with it. Uh, the mood of the band, um, you know, was awesome. It's it just you know you're going into a studio, you know, nine albums, <clears throat> nine albums in. And you just kind of, you sort of feel unstoppable, you know, you sort of, and that doesn't mean like cocky. It just means like, Hey, we have the kind of fans that stuck by us. We have a 20 year tour coming up where we're playing six albums. And we've also felt, you know, we felt fans not liking records before, you know, like, like there's always people that like an album, but sometimes people get more people don't like it than do like it. Like I remember when our coming home album came out, People didn't understand it and didn't didn't love it, you know. But then years later, now our fans say it's their favorite record. So I think sort of going through everything, um, we really had our priorities in place and creativity in place. And it, was, it wasn't about, hey, we're worried that our fans aren't going to like us. It was more like our fans are awesome. And at this point, we know they want us. They want new, you know, they want something different. They don't want to listen to the same albums over and over again. So going to make me sick, it, that really set us up to, you know, to write songs that we weren't really worried about fitting any genre, just like in the beginning, like I told you. It wasn't about fitting a genre. It was about, you know, writing music that felt, felt right to play. Right. And, uh, and I think that's why it came out, you know, the way it did. You know, when we wrote track five on the album, um, which is called The Sound of Two Voices, that has like a totally, we've never had a song like that before. You know, it has a sort of, sort of almost Caribbean, call me out, like, uh, right. you know, Paul Simon beat vibe to it. And it felt like New Song Glory. You know, the lyrics, the lyrics and the emotion we put behind it, um, it was, it, it was, Still felt like a new song, Lori song, believe it or not, and um, and you know that w that could be a song that maybe in the past we'd be like, no, let's not record it because it's not punk enough or it's not this enough. <laughs> but like I said, when you're when you're uh, when you, when you're coming off of when you're about to be on a tour for twenty years, you, you don't you don't really worry about that stuff anymore. Yeah. You know, you just like we're gonna make a record, we're gonna put our heart and soul into it, and that that should be what what attracts people to it, not whether it's a fast song or a slow song, just the heart that's, that's in it, you know? Right. Yeah. For this record, uh, Aaron Sprinkle produced uh, the new record, you know, what did he bring to the table and you know, what, what did he do to bring the best out of you guys? Oh man, Aaron was awesome. Aaron, I think Aaron had what he lacked the most. Um, and that's why it was the best, best combination. And that is making what's in our brains, come to life, you know, in the sense that in, in sonically and sounds wise, you know, like the sound wise, like there was, you know, like the song call me antisocial. Um, you know, we had this, this sort of cars sort of guitar riff and, and song 
but we really were like, okay, you know, plain and simple, it just sounds like every old song, but let's, how do we come up with this layer, these layers of it to really make it feel like the Cars meets Cindy Lauper meets Newfound Glory? Like, what are the, what are, what's like the cool element vibe? And, and I had this piano line, um, the keyboard line, but I don't know how to get that sound. Um, but he's had so many, so much experience in, and it, he, he was perfect for us because he had so much experience in, the, in recording records back in the day before Pro Tools, you know, so he knows how to get a good guitar tone. But he also is like, if you've heard his solo album, um, Aaron Sprinkle, Real Life, you'll hear all of, you know, the, the sounds and, you know, keyboard. He's so familiar with loops and keyboard sounds and, and you know, um, programming and all these different things. So when I said to him, hey, I want the keyboard sound from this Cindy Lauper song. He's like, oh, that's a blah, 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 blah. And he immediately <laughs> pulled it up and, and could play it and knew it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he, he just was like this encyclopedia of production knowledge where we're like, we can bring the songs, we can bring the melodies, we can bring the music, we can bring everything, but how do we present it, what's in our head? Because you can, you can hear something one way in your head, but you might not be able to produce that. So he was able to do that. He was just this encyclopedia of like guitar tones and keyboard sounds. And so like, I literally could be like, like there's this song on the record um, uh, called um, Say Don't Spray It. And on the surface, it could have just sound like every old newfound song, um, any old newfound song. But I was like, hey, I really want this melody I have in my head to almost have the tone from like the Bananarama Cruel Summer song. So I sang it to him, you know, I was like, and he's like, yeah, that's, they use this. And so he was able to pull it up and we were, you know what I mean? He was just like that, like that fast. Like he could have the tone, play what I was singing within five minutes. It would have taken us like two hours to find the keyboard sound before you know <laughs> right 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 oh. right <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome oh yeah like what i um yeah yeah like what i mentioned at the top of the interview uh also heard that you're a uh, big mma fan uh have you been uh paying attention to what's going on uh these days in the ufc oh yeah always yeah i, I always do that's my I, lo- I love it are you just uh are you just a ufc fan or do you uh check out the other companies i, ch- I check out everything what, what kind of started um and not to try to like, like not not trying to humble brag or whatever, like be cool or whatever. But I kind of discovered USC. It was weird. Like, so USC was just a VHS you would rent when you were home school from, right? You know, you were sick home from school back in the day. So yeah, I used to rent those VHSs when I was a little kid because they were in like the horror section, <laughs> like in my VHS store. But then fell out of it. My friend Dave Mandel, who ended up taking photos for UFC, um, years ago, I'd say in 2004, he used to stream all the Pride Fighting Championships from Japan. Okay. So we would go to his house and watch Pride. At the time, I didn't watch UFC. I didn't like it because I loved Pride and all the characters they had, like Fedor, Vanderlei Silva, Kokop, right. even some of the old older guys like Semi Schilt and you know, like um, you know, just all the old sort of characters they had there, the larger-than-life characters, Ricardo Arona, and, um, and you know, when Shogun, Shogun, when he was a kid, 
Um, so I watched, you know, I watched all that. And then when UFC, sorry, it's really loud. Guys walking by with like a thing full of cables. <laughs> so when UFC signed Rampage, um, uh, that made me want to watch, you know, Rampage fights. And then Newfound Glory played a radio show in Boston. And this is before, this is when Vanderlei was still in, Vanderlei was still in Japan. Uh, Newfound Glory played a radio show in Boston, and it was when UFC was trying to promote the first season of The Ultimate Fighter. And Dana White and Chuck Waddell introduced our band. The radio station having to be like, watch UFC and next up, Newfound Glory. Yeah. So I Chuck Waddell and Dana were at a, at a signing out in the parking lot, and no one was in line. They were just starting out. And I went out there to talk to them, and I was like, hey, I'm a big fan of MMA. And I, was, I, said, to, I said to them, I was like, what's a fight? Like, Chuck, who do you always want to fight? And he's like, I want to fight Van Ray Silva. And I was like, that would be awesome. That's like one of my favorite fighters. And so once they brought Vanderlei over to the UFC and made that fight happen, that was it. You know, Pride sort of. You know, UFC bought, bought Pride, and Pride sort of went downhill, and UFC had all my favorite guys. So right. I would say that's when I really transitioned over to just, just watching UFC. Right. Um, who's, who are some of your fighters that, you know, maybe today uh, that are uh, active today, uh, whether it's UFC, Bellator, or what, um, what, other, what other company? Other, what other companies? Or, I mean, I mean like, what, I what, what yeah. classic guys. What's that? No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, what other what other companies do you uh, do you check out Bellator or do you check out anything overseas? You know, who are some of your favorites? Is there I mean, any I, favorite fighters? I mean, I check out Bellator only when the old school guys fight on it. Um, I still only, you know, I'll watch Bellator stuff, but I really kind of just stick with with UFC. You know, and, and, unless there's like some of the old UFC guys, like I'm obviously going to watch Fedor versus Mitrione and and Vanderlei versus Sonnen when that goes on Bellator. But overall, I just sort of stick with the, the UFC stuff. UFC has so many events now going on that right. you kind of have to really pay attention. Um, yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, lo- I'm loyal to, to my, my old school dudes. You know, like, I love Shogun. I love Anderson. Um, you know, I, as far as a newer newer guy, I love Stipe. I think he's an awesome champion. And this yeah. is coming from someone who loves who loves Junior DeSantos, who he just beat, but I think Stipe is, like, is such a cool champion. He's such, like, a, a yes. real dude, you know, humble Definitely. and just a great fighter. Um, who else do I love? Uh, I, I'm missing Machida. I wish Machida would come back. He's one of my favorites. Right. So. Yeah. Hold on one second. Okay. Sorry about that. No, it's all Okay. Good. Yeah, so... But um, no, cool. Um, are you? Um, I know you just got a couple minutes left. Uh, but um, yeah, the Bellator, uh, big Bellator New York uh, cards coming up, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, who do you got between uh, you know, Michion and uh, Fedor, and then also Sonnen and uh, Silva? Um, they're so it's so interesting. I don't know because I I like I want Silva to win and I want Fedor to win, but like. Fedor's chin hasn't looked amazing, and Mitrione's still a younger, healthier guy. Yeah, who's strong. So I mean, I've seen Mitrione knock out some dudes with, with a punch. 
Um, and, you know, I, I really think Vanderlei, if you could keep it on his feet, will destroy him, Chael. But I think Chael is going to, you know, wrestle him and, and do ground and pound. So I really want Vanderlei and Fedor, but I just have this feeling that Chael and, and Mitrion are going to win, unfortunately. Even though I don't want them to win. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's Great. my thing is I, I hate, like, I'm, I know a lot about it, and I've watched these guys that I know that sometimes even the guys that I really, really want to win, I, I, I'm realistic about game plans, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, like, I, I know Chill's game plan isn't going to be to try to throw blows with Vanderlei, you know? Right. Definitely. Yes. And I saw what he did to Shogun, and Shogun fights very similar to Vanderlei. And, you know, uh, Chael took Shogun down and, and Shogun, you know, beat him in the first round because he took him to the ground and, and beat him up and then tapped him, you know? So. Definitely, definitely. All right, man, it's been good talking with you. Uh, if, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time out to chat with me. You know, if anybody wants to find out more information about uh, Newfound Glory, you know, where should they look online? Um, just, just the website. You know, newfoundglory.com, that's where everything is. Follow us on Instagram and, and Twitter and stuff, but that's it. Cool, man. Yeah, man, thanks for taking the time out to chat with me. I'll let you go. Uh, have a good day and a great tour, great rest of the year. Thanks, man. Yeah, you too. Thank you. All right, later. Yeah. So that was my interview with Chad Gilbert of Newfound Glory. And now, like always, I'm joined with my co-host, Hip Hop artist, MMA and pro wrestling connoisseur, and Proud Marine V-Styles. How you doing? Hey, what's going on, Kelly? You good, man? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Like I was saying, my lower all back right. kind of hurts these days. I'm going to physical therapy soon. Uh, my, yeah. fi- my physical therapist was able to get my uh, shoulder and my neck right previously, so... I'm optimistic that uh, I'll be able to get my back right uh, within the next like uh, couple months. So, okay, we'll see. Okay, but <clears throat> besides that, I'm pretty good, um, dude. To start things off, man, we got some really sad news in the world of hip hop. Uh, Prodigy of Mob Deep passed away at uh, the age of uh, 42. Man, like this, this one hurts, man. Like we've had a lot totally of legends, agree. man. We've had a lot of legends die, man, the past year or two. But yo, <laughs> yo, this is like this is somebody we grew up on, man, listening to, man, and shit, yo. Though, 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 I can remember, man. I have so many memories of man, Bob Deep, man. I can remember when uh, the Infamous dropped and. You look for perfect albums, right? Um, that that just might be a perfect album. It's just if you're if you're Illmatic fan, it's just as cohesive as uh, Illmatic, right? And it's still and it still tests, you know, tests, you know, it stands the 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 test of time, man. It's it's a great great record man um i'm a my record off that album off the infamous album is uh drink away the pain right um 
that used to literally be my theme record, man. Back back, my beat probably got to be the group that introduced me to Hennessy. <laughs> I think right. I think uh, yeah. Like uh, there's this thing that uh, somebody posted about um, that. Uh, Prodigy wrote this whole thing about all the firsts that he did, and one of them was like he was the first rapper to really rap about a bunch of liquors like Hennessy, 151, yeah, and shit like that. That shit is real. <laughs> that shit is real, dog. When like you think about Hennessy, man, like he's one of the I first people that pop in your mind, man. <laughs> I wasn't fucking with Hennessy like that until until Mob Deep, you know, was talking about Henny. Um. <laughs> I mean, literally, that shit is, you know, I, I can admit that shit, man. Um, they have, uh, when you're talking about projects that are consistent, um, we always say EPMD was super consistent as a group. Um, my beat, very very consistent um as far as the music that they put out right um uh their whole sound uh prodigy is you know if we put andre d3000 in that gold list and he's in a group yeah and we should we should talk the same way about prodigy man because prodigy had bars man i mean dude really spit right and it's sad that we don't acknowledge that until, you know, something like like this happens today. You know, we talk about this tragedy, man, but... Um, he could, he could yeah, spit, man. It, man. Just, you know, I got a lot of memories, man. I, when I used to be in a group, Anomaly, man, we had a, um, a joint called uh, Bring It. And DJ TJ... Used to be my DJ in the group. Right. You know, well, he he's part of the group, but he's a DJ. Um, he used to always, after the first verse of our regular record, you know, I will always come in with the Shook Ones beat, man, because I, I think that's the record that, you know, most people, when you talk about Mob D, you think about that, and then for Detroiters, you know, you think about the Eight Mile movie and stuff like that, man. But me and you, you know, we we're we're heads, man. So right. We was way ahead. We was way ahead of that. Like as that was occurring, we was a part of that. So I, I used that during my show, and I used it for a long time. I mean, I really love them, them dudes' music, man. It, it definitely was a part of my life. And for me, um, my last moment. With uh, as far as seeing my beep at a show, um, I didn't get a chance to go uh, see my boy Gov um, open up for him at Drew's uh, a month a month or so ago. But at the art uh, at the the Art of Rap concert uh, last year at Freedom Hill, yeah. I got a chance to uh, not only see them. But I took my son and daughter with me because they were fans, man. So you're talking about two generations of, 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 you know, me and my seeds, you know, and they're fans of, you know, my kids are are like me. You know, I didn't ask them to be a little different musically, man, but, you know, they like the type of shit that, that I grew up on, man. And uh, 
they definitely know my beat music. So for me to see them, and the last time I seen them, you know, as far as with my kids, you know, I always remember that, man. But uh, it's, uh, this is a, a whole, I mean, we've had some bad losses, man, but this is this one definitely hurts. Right, man. And to anybody who, like, doesn't acknowledge Prodigy as one of, like, the great MCs of, of our of our era, of our time, like, no one realizes how many times his, like, his words have been sampled for songs. How people will just... Man, look. <laughs> go, look, look, look. Go listen to Who Shot You. Go listen to the record that he had on the Pete Rock album, uh, The Soul Survivor. Like, he got records, man. He he got some of the most inspiring verses. Like, you learn language. He's the first dude I ever heard say done. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you didn't learn from me, I remember one time, look, I remember one time, um, in my... My my DJ, my old DJ, Mark the Spark, he had a show called Spark After Dark. Yeah. And this is around the time my beef had signed with 50. Yeah. And when they were in here, they were here in Detroit for a promo. Mark called me. He was like, V, come up to the station, man. I got my beef up here. We about to do an interview. So, you know, I always had access to shit like that, man. So I went up there. I was like, yo. Yeah. I get a, I get a chance to meet my beef and shit. da, 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 da. I met him several times since then, but that was this was the first time. And I, I get up there and I'm looking at these dudes. I'm, I'm like, it's some small dudes. <laughs> like they had a lot of they had a lot of jewels on. I mean, they was definitely shining, man. But you know, they went to a commercial and I had walked in in the studio. And Mark was like, this is my man, B-Styles, B-Styles, la-la-la. Yeah, I was like, hey, I'm a fan, la-la-la. And they stood up and gave me a hug. And both of them gave me a hug. And it was literally damn near the same size. So I'm like, damn, that's why y'all talk about girls a lot, man. Y'all some small niggas. <laughs> and when I said it, when I said it, it just was a natural, you know, I stand what I front of the side, but I didn't mean to disrespect by it. And right. we all just laughed, man, <laughs> you know. We laughed. I mean, it, it was good sports about it. They easily could have been mad, but then I'd have been looking like I was a little bit too small to be getting mad up in here. But you know, it just it just was a funny moment, man. But <laughs> yeah, man, they um, like you said, they but prodigy is is just super sad, man. I hope let's have some prayers for his family and definitely put prayer out there for Havoc, man, because uh, that's his longtime partner, man, and. They needed each other. So, you know, crazy. Super crazy. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Like, like Prodigy, him and Havoc, man. They just sort of, like, they had this sort of, they took this sort of creative license with language and with everything and made it their own. And it caught yeah. on and is so influential to so much, you know, so many rappers after them. And... And, like, an album like The Infamous is, like, the perfect album. There's nothing wasted on that record. Even the interludes yeah. are very poignant. And yeah. sometimes, you know, sometimes there, there's stuff that you don't have, you can't rap about. You just got to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? 
And that's what those uh, those interludes, you know, did. They talked about some things, you know. And what I love about that album, in comparison to most hip hop albums, is that Prodigy, with his words, were able to. He was able to, you know, paint these vivid pictures about so much. But there's no glorification of anything on that album. Like when you're when you're listening to that album, you're like. Damn, there's a lot of fucked up shit going on. <laughs> there's nothing about right. it that's cool, you know? And they didn't make anything for that album to be a a quote unquote single, a hit single. single. Yep. Even I though agree. even though Shook Ones and Survival of the Fittest ended up being becoming popular singles. But they didn't make them to and be that, singles. And and that's how you're supposed to make fucking records. You're never intentionally supposed to say, Hey, at least in my opinion. You never, you never, I think artists fuck up when they, when they say, hey man, I need to sing. Right. You know, your music should, your, your music should just come out, come out organically and you should be able to choose something to run with. Right. Not, not say, hey, you know, I need a single and then you force something and then, and then it just bombs, man, because I will say this, there, there are a few times Mob Deep tried to force some stuff on us yeah. and we would be like, man, that ain't what y'all do. Right. And you could tell you could tell that that's what the record company was trying to do to them. Yeah. But they would always rebound and give us the stuff that we wanted. So, right. you know, because there was a couple times I was like, why are you making, hey, this ain't y'all. Look, initially, I almost got mad when they um, when they when they sampled that that Oh, the uh, blinded me with science. Yeah, yeah. I almost got mad at that for a minute, but then I had to listen to the record. I was like, okay, this shit dope. <laughs> yeah, that you shit, know? yeah, that shit was dope. That shit was dope because when you hear certain samples, you know, like as a fan of music, you know certain records, and it's like, where are we going with this? And then you had the list, like, oh yeah, that shit is dope, man. But, and then they, they, they want to hit a miss group, man. They, they were on most of the time, you know. Every now and then, some records you don't like, but every artist got records that you don't like, man. Right. But that Infamous album is, whew, and the I crazy, remember. And the crazy thing about the Infamous is, they were nineteen when they made that, like, nineteen years old, making that People album. Don't even remember. <laughs> People don't even remember hit it from the back. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Look, look. I can I can remember when Hello Earth came out. Shoes hit me up. He would hit me and be like, "V, I know you got the Hell on Earth." I'm like, "Dog, no, I'm just saying you need to get that Hell on Earth." V, get that. So I went over his crib and. You would play that shit on vinyl. We just listen to that shit for hours. Right, man. Great album, man. Great fucking album, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we still got the music, man. It's just, whew. Yeah, this is bad for hip hop right here. Yeah, man. It, yeah, it, this this one is like shit. Yeah, you just look back and you're like, yo, they were they were so young when they were doing this shit. And right now he, you know, he he passed away at 42, man. And you're like, wow, he did a lot. 
in his life, man. Yeah. He put out a lot of music in his life that mean that that's like relevant and means something to people, man. That's crazy how much he's put out. Yeah, you're right. You're 100 right on that. Um, he got classes, man. Keep it thorough. Oh my god. Dude, that's one. That's so hard. Especially the line when he talks about throwing a TV at you. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, P. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of so-called mob B fans now on social media, and uh, they probably, they probably only song they probably know is Shook once. Right, there is some people. There's a few people who, uh, like... We're trying to fit in. That ain't who you are. There's a few people who fit in. There's a few people that were, like, you know, that, I, you know, I think are legit, you know, fans and stuff. Um, but, um, I do, you know, it was good to see, like, an outpouring from so many people and seeing that there is, uh, you know... That shit made me smile. Yeah, like, people, like, like... Mob Deep did reach a lot of people, man. And, like, that's that's really cool to see, man. Hey, look, you know what I was listening to uh, a couple of hours ago? And with all this new recent Tupac stuff going on, with the movie and John Singleton talking about, you know, he wanted to do a rape scene and Footmaster Flex saying... You know, you got robbed of your shit, and you tried to save face, and da 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 da. Well, yeah. You listen to Drop a Gym. They address a lot of that shit that you hear people talking about him today. Right. About him. Uh, think about it. When all that stuff was going on, and I had to even, even bring up rape and stuff, but when all that stuff was going on, we didn't really have the internet. And they control certain things um, easier as far as um, whoever your PR person was. Like, labels had a little bit more control where they can do damage control without it reaching. Right. Um, if you listen to Drop a Gem on them, I'm telling you, probably you say something about 60,000 worth of Jews, you try to save face, you, you know what, New York got you, and, and it's that's the same type of stuff that Flex was saying a couple of weeks ago. And then if you listen to Havoc verse, it, it, it doesn't say much about rape, but I never knew who they was talking about at the time. Right. I, I, I knew, I knew Prodigy's verse was about it, but I didn't realize that Havoc was throwing a little bars at him too. And I was like, wow, is that all the shit today? Because I remember they released that record after he got killed. People were mad about them releasing the record um, because he had just died. Right. And I like the fact that they did because they were like, fuck that. You know, he said something about us, you know, dead or not, we're going to drop that record. Right. Gonna record too. right, right, man. Now, most people at the time, you know, Pop got riders, so... You really didn't think about that. I mean, I thought about it because I'm, I'm a my beat person, man. But revisiting them lyrics today is kind of eerie. Just <laughs> listen to them lyrics today and think about all the stuff that, you know, uh, with the Tupac movie and then John Singleton getting fired because he wanted to put a rape scene in there and then Tupac 
I mean, then Funkmaster Flex talking about he got robbed by some New Yorkers that he trusted, and he wasn't trying to save face and blame it on Big. They say that shit. Right. If you listen, if you listen, the whole record is about what's going on currently as far as, as far as rumors are speculating. And that shit is a long time ago. So that's that's pretty amazing, man. Them dudes, um, yeah, man, let's pray for Havoc, bro. Let's make sure that, you know, because um, I know that got to be eating hell. Like right, like strong right now. I was his right hand. Yeah, definitely, man. Like they did so much together, man, and all this music that's timeless, man. So, yeah, man. You know, positive energy. Dude had an autobiography. He had an autobiography, uh, autobiography, and he had a jail uh, prison cookbook. <laughs> right. They got ba- They got banned in, in L.A. in California prisons. That's right. crazy. Yeah, man. Like there, there, there's a lot of stuff that uh, Prodigy did that you know people didn't even really realize, man. Like, uh, shit. Those, like those, those guys, like him and Havoc, they like like went to like art school and stuff just to get better at their art, you know, their music and stuff, you know, shit like that, you know. There's more than meets the eye with those guys. Oh, indeed. I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. So uh, definitely. Definitely a sad loss for uh, hip hop, and uh, this is sad loss in general, man. You know, hopefully people revisit, man, and uh, you know, give him his proper placement, man. Because I think I think he's one of the, uh, you know, he's one of the dopest MCs of all time. You know, if you sit back and think about it, That's style, me. lingo. Like I said, I didn't start drinking Hennessy until <laughs> I started listening. That's big right there. Cause I still. Drink Hennessy to this day. And that's my beat all day. I, I would tell him, when you started drinking Hennessy, oh, man, around the time the infamous came out. <laughs> Can't even front on that shit. Right, right. To this day, that's, and man, to this day, that's my drink. And for a long time, I think I listened to Drink Away the Pain. That's my theme song, man. That's, you know, we're talking about mob. Like, most people think ship was... And everybody got they, that that mob record that they like. My shit was just really pain. I I go, Jules, you spray that shit in Jules, and 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 Q Tip Oh my god! Let me put it on. Let me put it on. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, man, just uh, positive thoughts going out to the the friends and family of uh, Prodigy Mob Deep. Out to Havoc, no his partner, man. So. This is uh his music will live on definitely definitely definitely. Uh, moving moving topics to the world of MMA. Uh, looks like uh, our homegirl Cyborg is gonna finally get her uh, her her title shot. They uh, stripped uh, Jermaine Durandamy of the women's featherweight uh, title in the UFC because uh, look she didn't want to fight Cyborg, so they're like bye bye. So, uh, so at uh, UFC 214 uh, in Anaheim on July 29th, uh, Chris Cyborg is going to go against uh, Megan Anderson. So, uh, I, I I agree with this decision wholeheartedly. Um, there's no way in the world that we. I mean, the 145 pound division was created for uh, 
our, our sweetheart and friend, Chris, Chris Cyborg. We all know that the 140, everybody knows that the 145-pound uh, division was created for her. And if you don't want to fight her, then, you know, uh, you got to give that hardware up. And when, off, when I understand, she plans on moving down to 135 because she don't want those problems in her life. So, no, none of you know, um, I understand that, you know, uh, people want, you know, she wants to use the excuse uh, we know the, you know, the performance enhancer, blah, 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 blah. You know, that garbage that people want to talk, you know. Uh, but what I sense is a, a, a simple fear factor. And it's okay. And it's okay. Hey, you can say that you were the inaugural 145 champion. Your name will be in the, your shit will be a Jeopardy question. <laughs> you know, a lot of people will get that wrong. They'll say Cyborg first, but no, no, you beat Holly Holmes. So, hey, here's to you. And you had a loser streak going, going. Both of you guys had loser streaks going, going into a title fight. So, just be happy that you know you, you know, who knows your your name might be etched inside the belt as the first champion. But hey, we know that you held that belt. You know, go down to 135, you know, division. See if you can uh, repeat what you did at, at, at you know, at, uh, you know, the 145, you know. Um, sad that you were scared, but I'm super ecstatic for Chris Cyborg. This is long overdue. And um, at uh, UFC 214, um, there will be... Um, well, she's already champion in our eyes. She'll just, <laughs> she'll just finally get the the hardware that match. To solidify you know, what it. We've been saying for a long time now, so I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Not surprised, not motherfuckers. Surprised. Not surprised, motherfuckers. Speaking about uh, uh, women's uh, MMA, uh, this past week, uh, Holly Holm got back into the win, win column by. Uh, Nearly kicking the head off of uh, off of Batch. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, you know, you know, it was dope, dope. This when she kicked her, and like from a different angle, you could see her kick her in the head. Yeah. And when she kick her, kick her in the head, you see her booty like jiggling, and <laughs> the, the head kick is going to affect. And yeah, it looks nice. But did you did you notice the uh, the the punch that Holly uh, threw after she was down? That was vicious too. Oh, I love I, I love that. that. That was like that was like an uppercut while she was while she was on the ground. That was beautiful. That shit was crazy. I'm like, was, yeah, man. Like if you notice, right after she's down, man, while she's going down, once she just hits the floor, she hits her with that like sort of uppercut and just like totally finishes her, man. That was like. That was like a Mortal Kombat hey, hey, finish. Hey, finish her. And she did. The referee was about to stop the fight anyway. But, yeah, that's that. That's that. I, I like to call that the, I, I like to call that the double R. The double R petty. <laughs> the Ronda Rousey kick. Right. It was funny. Um. Uh. After, like, the day after that fight, uh, on the um the on the Twitter of uh of uh Jackson Wink MMA, 
they had a picture of both of those finishes, the Ronda Rousey finish. Who did it? Said who, who did it better? Yeah, it said that, but uh, whoever was on the um, uh, whoever posted it also said both those women uh, said bad things about Holly, and this is how uh, it resulted. Oh yeah, real <laughs> shit. <laughs> both the, both these women said bad things about Holly. <laughs> yeah, real shit, real shit. So yeah, they did. And she kicked her right in the fucking head. Like what? what? <laughs> she she since skated Nakamura the ass is like my god. <laughs> Kenyasha. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that was that, but that was that was a dope finish. Glad to see Holly Holm is back into the win column. Um, it was much needed for her. Uh, so uh, hopefully she can uh, keep it up. You know, she's uh, definitely uh, a fierce competitor, man. She went through a you know a tough spell there, tough losing streak, but she didn't quit. Yeah, I'm 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 happy for you know. Hopefully she can keep this going. Maybe she get another run at that 135 uh, belt. Who knows? You know, but, you know, it all starts somewhere, you know, so good to see her back on her, uh, you know. They, one of the things I like about Holly, she, she even on her loser streak, with her loser streak going on, she continued to fight. Yeah. Most people would, would pout and take some time away and, you know, nah, she wanted to get back on that bike. To correct things, so you gotta respect. It's hard not to like Holly Holm, man. Right, right. Only time I, only time I ain't like Holly Holm, she said she was broke for Trump. <laughs> right. Fuck <laughs> my whole vibe. Up. Right, like really, you know? really, really. Like girl, I'm like girl, you got a pretty booty too. Really. Uh, uh. Uh, man. <laughs> All right, all right. This weekend is uh, the big Bellator New York City Bellator 180 event at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Mm-hmm. Their mm-hmm. pay per view. Oh, and this is a, oh, this is an exciting card, man. Super, it's a super card, man. Super it's card. A, you know, not in a literal sense, but it's a super card as far as it being a great card. Um, I got some predictions. Uh, I think Gallagher is going to lose to uh, Machida. Oh, you think? Oh, you think so? You know that's the, the Machida family fights in a certain discipline. Right. Um, I think it's too early in James Gallagher's career for him to be fighting somebody the level of a striker of any Machida. Right. If you fight the machine, trust me, you know that there's striking involved. And I just don't, I think it's too early in his career to be, you know, that's a dangerous fight. Period. You know, you know, people may not be familiar with the older brother. But the older brother is a Bellator fighter. His, his, his younger brother is former um, UFC light heavyweight champion. But he's a fucking machine. You know what I'm saying? He does the same thing. Him and his brother are different, but they have the same basic mechanics. Right. And and the and the older brother is, you know, he's. I'm not gonna say he's a version of MMA, but you know he he he's a late bloomer, as far as uh, you know his brother. You know he's he's a late bloomer, but 
it's a super dangerous match for Gallagher, and I think he's gonna lose. Um, I think they're trying to you know, they're trying to push uh, this uh, thing where they want to have uh, James Gallagher and AJ McKee finally fight, but they might be pushing it too fast. Yeah, um, I think AJ will get him right now. I still both I still think both of them are, are very green, but I I think right now skill set wise I would have to go with AJ. Um, but if he loses this fight. Man, who knows, man? You know, he's, he's going to have to rebuild himself, man. I mean, ain't no shame losing to Mamacita, but right. when, you're try, when you're trying so hard and so obvious to be Conor McGregor Jr., um, I met the kid when I went over in Ireland. We took pictures with him, and, you know, he's a cool dude, um, to be honest with you. But when I see, you know, like, you can just tell. You just the mannerisms, the way he talks. And he's a kid. When right. I say he's a kid, he's a kid. He can be my son easily. You know, but you're trying so hard to be Connor, you know, the chest tattoos and the, the how you're talking and you know, uh you got some of Connor's him and Connor shared some of the same coaches. Right. You know, so you know, it's just weird. You know, it's like he's not, he don't even know who he is as far as, as, far as what he's trying to do. Um, he has a, he has a decent ground game. Um, I think his coach is it, it's Connor's kind of jiu-jitsu coach. Uh, what is it, Bannis? Yeah. Yeah. So they share some of the, the, the same coaches, but I just think he's great and, you know, while everybody's looking at Gallagher, you're forgetting that he's fighting Machida. So, you know, I don't care if this Machida is three, four, five and all, he's still a Machida. You know. I wouldn't you know, the them dudes they, they they cut from a different cloth. They they not you know, they 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 warriors, man. So you know, I don't know uh if the youngs are ready for this, man. He dealing with he's gonna be dealing with a man in there. So, we shall see. Um, I'm thinking Lorenz Larkin um, in a welterweight title fight. Uh, I've always liked Lorenz Larkin. Right. Um, he's a guy. He's, he's a hard guy not to like. And I want to. I want to. He deserves the title, man. And I hope he gets it. I really. He's finally found his niche. I remember when he fought at light heavyweight. And he realized that if he fought more that he wasn't strong enough. Then he went to middleweight. Wasn't necessarily comfortable there. Went to welterweight, and you see a whole new dude. You know, I've been watching this guy since early Strike Force days. So you're talking about you're talking about 2009. I've been watching Lorenz Larkin. 2010, somewhere around there. So. You know, I remember he. I remember he was getting more shine than Daniel Cormier back then in, in Strike Force. Right. You know. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just super happy for that kid, man. He, he deserves uh, what's coming to him. I'm picking him to win. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Bader pulled off that upset against against. Uh, uh, you know, Phil. Uh, you know, Mr. Wonderful. 
Phil Davis. Uh, yeah, Davis. Um, I like Ryan Bader too. You know, um, and if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think Ryan Bader beat Phil Davis before in UFC. Uh, let me see. I'm looking it up right now. Um, yes, he uh, he beat Phil Davis by split decision back in uh, January of 2015. Yeah, I remember that fight. Um, Brian Bader wanted that fight more. I think he wants this fight more. I think he I think he wins the light heavyweight belt. Um. Let's see, who, who else on the card? We got, we got uh, Matt Mitrioni against Fedor. Yeah. Uh, I like Meathead, and I like the Emperor, the last Emperor. Right. Um, that fight can really go either way. Right. But if I was had to pick, if I if I had to pick somebody right now, I'm gonna go with Matt Mitrioni. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. I met both them dudes. Matt Matrioni is a true heavyweight. Fedor is not. I mean, don't get me wrong. Fedor has been beaten oversized. He, he's always been a small heavyweight. He's always going into the matchup fighting a bigger dude most of the time. But yeah. Meathead is a real heavyweight. Right. And I just think. If they stay in the pocket, Meathead is going to catch him, whether he's a left hook or a straight right. If Fedor, if Fedor catches Meathead, when I say Meathead, I mean, I mean Matt Mitrioni. <laughs> well, it, 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 that's his nickname. But right. Um, <laughs> if um, Fedor can catch him with one of those crazy wild rights that he throw. And because it comes out of nowhere. You know, right. when Fado throw them bombs, they just come out of no fucking way. So it can really go either way, but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with uh Matt Mitrioni on this. It'd be good. It'd be a good W for him. Yeah. Um you know, and if Fado win, then that might be a fight that uh you know we may get later on in the year, man. Um right. Scott Coker has already said that his dream match in Bellator is King Mo versus uh, Fedor. So Ooh, yeah. who knows? Who knows what could happen, man? Um, you know, I just want to see a good fight, and we're going to see a good fight because they both like the bang. Neither one of us go run. Right, right, um, right. Um, what about Michael Chandler versus Brett Primus? I'm taking Michael Chandler, man. I'm going to tell you why I'm taking Michael Chandler, man. Michael Chandler treated me real nice when I was in San Jose. His wife made a nice comment on my shoes. She was like, awesome shoes. I said, do you know what these shoes are? She was like, what shoes are these? I was like, these are the Bruce Lee edition Kobe's. And she was like, sweet. And, and then I said, you mind taking a picture with me and Mike? I mean, uh, we, uh, uh, you know, of me and Mike, she was like, yeah. Then I'll never forget these comments right here. She says, she said, well, she said well, wait a minute, hold up, hold up. Stand back just a little bit more. I got to get your shoes in the picture. <laughs> I said, yeah. 
Yeah, but no, 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 no. He did say that, but right. he was he was super cool, man. He was super cool. Um, you know, I I, I like Michael Chandler, man. Um, Michael Chandler is a loyal employee. Yes. Um, and he's had great times. He's had bad times. Now he's back at the top where he should be, man. He's you know, having he's a nice little run here. Uh, yeah, after. He's one of, He's having a nice uh, run here. Uh, after back in like 2013, 2014, uh, having three straight losses, he's uh, he's won yeah. four in a row. So, including his last one against uh, Benson Henderson. So, he's having yeah. good, he's having a good yeah, he, t- he's he a good run right now. I was impressed by that. So yeah, he's having a good run. So he looks like he's in a good place. So, um, you know, he might. Uh, Defend his lightweight title. Uh, so, what do you think is going to happen between Chael Sonnen and Vandalay Silva? See, you know what? Let me tell you something, man. <laughs> and I got to keep this shit 100. 100. The reason I am a MM, MMA fan today, the reason I fell in love back with this sport over again. It's because of Vandalay Silva. I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now had I not seen a crazy madman doing crazy shit in Pride. Um, that That's what made me, you know, get involved in the sport again because the rules had changed and there are weight limits now. And it's all type of stuff that really made me a fan of, of this shit again, man. And, you know, and since since discovering Vandalay, I think I I think I was a Vandalay fan. I remember Vandalay's first fight in the UFC when he lost to uh, Vitor. Then he regrouped and went to uh, went to Japan, and you know had to find his way. Now I will say that over Japan, you know. The the you know they weren't testing people over there back then and there you know you, yeah. you come in juiced up or whatever but that's still unproven well it, but it's facts you know um, he was doing shit that you know I mean I never forget him knocking out Sakuraba and, and he's like a god over there. Right. I'll never, I'll never forget him knocking out Rampage the first time, and the second time. The second time was was beautiful because that's when he kept kneeing him and he just went through the ropes and he was limp. I was like, what the fuck? You know, instantly a Vandalay fan. So every week, similar to Jake Roberts, I would watch to see what he would do next. <laughs> well, not every week. Well, not every week, but every event he was in. Right. Um, And with Chell, I rocks with Chell because he what he did for my man. You know what I'm saying? That was some real shit. Right. Um, so, for this fight, I'm not going to pick a winner. I just want to see you know, I just want to see a good fight and may the best man win, man. I like both of them dudes, man. I like both of them. So it's hard for me 
to really pick a winner. Um, yeah, it's hard for me to pick a winner, man, because I rock with both of them, man. I like both of them dudes. But they don't like each other. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. So, so, so that's the intrigue of it. But I rock with with Shell just like I rock with, you know, Vanderlei. And I, I know that may sound crazy, but, you know, like I said, I love MMA today because of Vanderlei Silver. But Shell's son and a real motherfucker, man. I fucks with him. So, um, yeah, I just want to see a good fight, man. That's that's what that's what I really want to see. I just want to see a good fight, and uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. Definitely, yeah. It should be a pretty uh, entertaining card uh, this Saturday. Uh, moving over to uh, the UFC, did you hear that they're uh, they've actually going to do a UFC fight night here in Detroit in December? Uh, well, remember I told no, no, you... No, no, they're actually... No, it looks like it's actually going to be a pay-per-view. It's going to be um, UFC two, uh, 219 uh, at the Little Caesars Arena, I guess. Yeah. Okay, Nate, yeah. Um, remember I mentioned something about uh, uh, Motown Phenom saying something? He yeah. He flipped something out, said... You know, yeah. so so it's two nineteen. Yeah, two nineteen. And he yeah he was talking about it uh, um, this week on the MMA hour also because he's back on there, and he mentioned it again. But um, but I'm looking on the, I'm looking online and the on the Wikipedia and it says per the, let's see here, the official like UFC schedules. Uh, that went out. Um, UFC 219 looks to be at the Little Caesars Arena here in Detroit on December 2nd. Oh, yeah, we there. We there. I'm, 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 I, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I was, me and, I was, uh, me and Royce, me, Royce, and Vicious had floor seats the last time they was here at the Palace. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm gonna let Royce, uh, know. Like, yeah, uh, we back on. We gonna do that again. As a matter of fact, you know, you need to be involved in this, man. You need to, you know, we need to, we need to make some magic happen, bro. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. That's dope. That's dope. I can't wait. Hopefully he wins. Well, no, he'll probably be on that car regardless because it's, it's in Detroit. Right. But I hope, but I hope he wins on Sunday. I hope he wins on Sunday, the most powerful phenom. Oh, I definitely hope he wins. You know, I I I, I have some questions for him. <laughs> definitely, man. Yeah, I mean, some with Kevin Lee. Sometimes he's getting. It looks like he's getting a little too ahead of himself, the way he's carrying himself. But then, like, sometimes he'll bring it back and be kind of real about yeah. some serious shit. Yep. So yep. <laughs> that's why I've been. Look, that's why I've been kind of like, you know, the fact he from here automatically makes me want to cheer for him because, yes, you know, that old English D, like, you don't want to go against nobody that ain't repping where you're from. Right. But it's like what you said, man. Sometimes he say some shit and it's like, man, that ain't how we rock here. But then he'll pull it back and it's like, okay, well... You know, then you got to think about certain things. But he's a young dude, um, 
And he's growing, man. I mean, say what you want, man. You know, he's growing as a fighter. He's yeah. definitely improved um, since his since his very first fight. He's a he's a definitely a UFC veteran right now. Uh, I mean, dude is doing it, and he repping the D, man. So I, I would, you know, hopefully we can get an interview with him real real soon. I like Kevin Lee, but. Yeah. You know, sometimes it'd be like, dude, why would you say that, man? That ain't, we don't get down like that, Kev. Come on. But who knows? Maybe, maybe that's him. You know, I just, like I said, I'll never not root for a dude that's from here. Definitely. And I, and I, and I, and I forget what uh, organization it, it, it's in, but his, uh, one of his brothers made his, uh, his, uh, his pro debut. In Montreal. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think he won too. Yeah, he won his first uh pro debut uh fight like um this past weekend. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's always good shit, man. Congratulations to him. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Let's see here. Uh turning to the world of pro wrestling, uh what'd you think of the money in the bank uh pay per view? Um I think um, that woman's money in the back bank match was some bullshit. But you know what? I even though it was, I lo- I liked. I lo- I, I feel like there's a there's opportunity with that. That's um. I don't like I don't I don't like Carmelo, man. I I understand that, but I like I I kind of feel like there's opportunities there that. M- Maybe wouldn't have happened if they just did a straight up win with that, because um, sometimes I feel like with wrestling, like the everybody that talks about the stuff on the internet writes about it, we're starting to get way too logical with pro wrestling when it needs to be absurd or push those boundaries. You almost like sometimes the best storylines are rooted in that. Like, all right, what's gonna piss people off the most? Where's that line that we can go to, like, get heat the most? And I feel like they they effectively did that with that outcome. Like, like they like there was, like, real heat. And even tonight at the beginning of SmackDown, I, wa- I watched it. There was, like, real heat. And, yeah, man. And, it pissed me off. And, and Carmella even, and, and what I liked about tonight when I saw it, they had Carmella mention the Bray Wyatt and the Kane situation where they came down in previous uh, Money in the Banks for the Men uh, previous years and butted their, you know, nose in somebody else's business. And it's just like... But you know what's different? What's that? You know what's different, though? This is a woman's match, and a dude went up and grabbed. A dude climbed the ladder. <laughs> At least the other wrestlers on the male side had to climb up there to, to, to get the, the briefcase. I that part, I know, that part. Okay, I, I can see why people were mad, but it's when you have the, and and maybe it would have been cooler if Carmella actually you know climbed up and got it herself. But there's I could have accepted that. But there's this level of heat that would still wouldn't have existed if it was just like. That I can I can kind of forgive, you know, it being that way, uh, because there's this mama, extra a, level of heat look. that that for for uh, having Ellsworth do it instead, 
that exists now because of it. And it's crazy. Like, normally I would probably be against something like this, but I don't know. I kind of... It, it, to me, I thought it worked, and I thought that uh, Carmella's uh, promo to start off uh, uh, SmackDown tonight was actually she was dropping those facts, like dropping it just like like the Miz would, like dropping those facts, like it's uh you know there's no rules against that Bray Wyatt and Kane did it, you know what? Guess what? I don't care. While everybody was trying to paint this as like a legit sporting event, sort of monumental moment i was making different plans and i'm like oh i love that i, I thought that was great you know why i don't like carmella why is that her moonwalk sucks yo that moonwalk every, does, is trash <laughs> and every time i see her the first person i think of is enzo <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Tell me you don't think about them having some type of reunion. Yo, it's yo, it's possible, man. Like shoot, it's possible. Speak man, speak that's speaking of which, man, that was a crazy like reveal. I mean, we all kind of knew it was ha- going to happen on Raw where you know, Big Cass, you know, reveals that he's the one that has been attacking Enzo, but they kind of played that really well, man. I thought, like, even people that are, have become really annoyed by uh, Enzo, Enzo and Cass, the whole thing, the whole shtick, like, it kind of hit everybody's heart, man, because you kind of saw Enzo's face, like, the whole time. Like, he you played just, that off. Enzo, Enzo cracked. He, he shed a tear. He yes, shed a tear, was, boy. That shit was great, man. I'm like, oh, shit, dude. Like, he people, shed a tear. What, one, like, one crocodile tear came out of his uh, right eye. People got emotional think, over that, man. And I'm like, dude, that was that was great, man. That was a great reveal of of that whole uh that whole story, man. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I don't I don't see how Big Cass succeeds without him. Right, but at the same time, man, like there needed to be some sort of uh reboot or refresh with these guys, man, because it it was starting to get to the point where I think a lot of people, even me, were getting sick of Enzo. And I have no no problem with Big Cass, but I was just getting sick of Enzo. And I'm like, ugh. And, he, and he's still an extension of Enzo. And it's just like there needed to be some sort of change in that dynamic. Okay. So I'm do you know how do you know how bad these promos are gonna be for these next couple of months dealing with <laughs> Big Cass? <laughs> Well, we'll we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, yo, Adrian. Adrian. All right. Mm, that's what he sounds like. He sounds like fucking Adrian. <laughs> oh, but but okay. I was happy about this though, man. Braun Strowman came back, and did you see the way he came back? Oh, that was that was amazing. That was great. <laughs> did, man, did you see Roman Reigns' face, man? Like, what the hell? Yeah, when, when when that door opened, he was like, I'm not finished with you. <laughs> like, that was that's it. And then uh, our boy Samoa Joe, man, was dropping them Jay-Z bars, man. He was like, that's my that's my guy. He's like, allow me to re- reintroduce myself. 
Look, look, look. Right, right, right. He did say that. Yes. Hell no. And he tweeted about it, too. He did a screenshot of... Uh, of the Black Album in, in a public service announcement and posted on his uh, Twitter. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up, man. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. oh Jay-Z bars. All right. Yeah. All right. Man. Yeah, I fucked with Joe, man. Joe, Joe's all right, man. I, I really hope that him and Ross Pugh can, you know, go further than what we gonna get at this great balls of fire pay-per-view man Samoa Joe is a wrestling fans wrestler right you know um you want to see Joe is the dude that you know he doesn't have the prototype body he doesn't have all the all the shit that you normally see from these super looking fucking athletes but what he does have he has that it he has that like Name a dude that size that's gonna that's gonna be able to do a Pele kick. Right, man. You're not gonna you're not gonna see dudes like that as limber. You know, like he performs on such a high level, man. That's why, I like, and, and everything be raw and it be aggression and it be like, like I'm a I'm a kill you right now. I, I love <laughs> that, man. Love that. Yeah. Joe come out, I get geek. I be like, Joe, 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 <laughs> you know, Joe. Yeah. Nah, man. It, it's it's always it's always great to see like everything this progression of uh, Samoa Joe, and I hope hopefully it just continues, man. And like like I want him to be a champ, you know. I want him to be a champion. Yeah, I want I want to see him get a belt, man. I want I mean NXT belt's cool, but. I want. I want to see him with the world, but I want to see what could happen with Samoa Joe as the aggressive champion. Man, that's 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 some TV that I would definitely watch, man. Oh, indeed. I and man, fucking indeed. Love it. Love it. All right, man. That's about it for this week's podcast. Uh, v Styles, tell them where you can find you online. Well, you know, you can reach your man V Styles at uh at the forward slash. V-S-T-Y-L-E-Z uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And my official Facebook page, you can, you can hit me up at the facebook.com forward slash official V-Styles. And you also can check out, uh, if you have Pandora or Spotify, look for my Pandora stations called V-Styles Radio. Ooh. That's out there. You also can look me up on Spotify. You know, I got I got some music out there, man. So, hey, we gonna keep this we gonna keep this classic hip hop going because I got some shit coming for y'all real soon, and we gonna be talking about it. You know, in the upcoming weeks or upcoming episodes and some of the things that I have, man. I'm real proud, man. But yeah, stay tuned, man. Stay tuned. Awesome, good to hear, man. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Peace. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.